What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 15. Episode 43. This is Writing Excuses, audiobook narration. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we have no business in front of a microphone. I'm so sorry. My voice is terrible. Uh, your voice is you very charming. Like that, uh, I'm Brandon. <laughs> I'm Mary Robinette. I'm Dan. <laughs> I've been sick for a month. I'm Howard. And we have special guest, uh, Bruce Richardson. I'm Bruce. Uh, also, you're branded as BDR as an audiobook narrator. Yep, BDR or BD Richardson. You can find me online pretty much anywhere that way. So this is a podcast you, our listeners, demanded. How to do audiobook narration. So I'm just going to be pitching questions at these two, and we're going to learn from them. How did you get into narrating audiobooks? Well, I'll go first, even though I think a lot of people have heard my story, which is that I started in puppetry. Um, actually, before the puppetry took off, I took, uh, I was minored in uh, radio and speech or, or theater and speech in college. So took some radio specific classes that dealt with character voices. And I also trained as part of the forensics team, speech, debate, and interpretive reading. Uh, so was taught to read aloud and competed in it. And went on to the puppetry career and then um, then did radio theater and then realized that audiobooks were like puppetry but without the pain and uh, made the transition as rapidly as I could. People said you have a great voice, you should be in voiceovers. And I didn't know what that meant. And so I finally decided to do it one day. I got lessons and figured out how to have uh, do voiceovers and uh, found out that it's basically acting. And uh, I always thought it would be fun to be an actor, but my wife discouraged it. So, uh, yeah. okay, true story, <laughs> true story, Bruce. Uh, when you when you walked into Cosmere House today, and Dan introduced you, said, you know, this is Bruce. He's uh, audiobook narrator. I leaned forward in my seat a little bit and said to myself, "Say something." <laughs> <laughs> and then you spoke. I was like, "Oh yeah." 
Yeah. <laughs> there it is. I don't, you can cut this. I don't know <laughs> how you guys feel about something like this, but my wife had all the women in the house and she was entertaining her friends and, and they said, uh, well, say something, say something. That's what people say all the mm -hmm. time. And I could not think of anything to say. And, and then it came to me, and I'm like, I wonder if I should say that. In a world where you need someone to talk dirty to you. And I can see them all just <laughs> yeah, flutter we're, we're, a little bit. We're, we're keeping that, my friend. We're yes. keeping that. Yeah, the, yeah. One That's of my the, new ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> but, but one of the things that, that we actually have the ability to do as narrators, and this is why getting a professional narrator is, is so important, is that we can twist the meaning of the words on the page based on our interpretation. Like one of the the... The party tricks that I've trot out sometimes is that I can make any piece of text you hand me sound like phone sex. And it, it doesn't actually matter what's on the page. You can you can do Press that. Press one. Right. You know, it's so it's it's a very easy thing. But you can also make it sound inappropriately cheerful. You can make it sound inappropriately sad. So one of the things that you're you're getting from that narrator is an interpretation of the words that are on the page. So you you have to um, I think that in order to be a good narrator, you have to be someone who enjoys reading for the pleasure of it, not the, the act of speaking. That also obviously helps. But that you actually have to enjoy an interaction with fiction and stories and, and audience because you can, you can change things. Well, and it's interesting when anybody, anytime anybody gets in front of a mic, I heard all of you do it, except you, maybe. <laughs> You are performing for the mic. Mm -hmm. We're rolling. Oh, I'm going to perform. Yeah. And there's a voice that is a natural, authentic voice that is sought after when you're narrating. Mm -hmm. and, and people fight against performing for the mic. This it's is an interesting thing. Yeah. It, it's a very, very true thing. The... Um, the thing that I hear happen to authors when they get up to to read in front of an audience is that they think about the shape of the words and saying them correctly, and they forget that our job is to tell a story and that, that we have natural rhythms to our voice. We have natural rises and falls, and that the the listener, you know, you, our dear listeners, have been trained your entire life to to derive meaning from that. And if we are delivering the wrong thing, if what I'm saying is the important thing about this is that I have said it correctly, that's boring. But if I if I think about the the story, then that's something that it's giving you this additional information through the the power of the the speech the, and not to sound. mention character too. Correct. I mean, this guy might be just a little bit weird. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I mean, coming back to the uh, the telephone tell touchpad. What? Uh huh. <laughs> I'm listening, Howard. I'm not. What is it? Why? Coming back to the telephone touchpad. Why? Press one Why? versus. Why? Press one. Press Why? one. Press one is push the button. Press one. Press one is go ahead and pick. Go ahead and choose one of those. Those are two completely yeah. different meanings, and you, as the narrator, get to pick that. Uh, friend of mine online, uh, uh, forget his real name on, on Twitter, he's Shecky, is an editor and has a, uh, a, a sentence, um, I never said she was the one who stole my money, or I never said, I never said she stole my money. Um, and depending on which word you emphasize, there's seven different sentences there. Mm -hmm. I never said she stole my money. I never said she stole my money. 
and never yeah. said yeah. she stole, she stole my, my money. money. Exactly. I never said she stole my money. Yeah. Yeah. This it's is yeah, it's huge fun. Yeah. And once you learn that, when you're reading out loud, you look at a sentence and realize, oh, it's actually ambiguous. The context that I've been provided with by the author does not tell me which of those meanings is best. Which one do I want? How do you decide as the audiobook narrator? So what I look for are the immediate uh, textual clues. Um, some of the, and, and most of it is, uh, it comes naturally. Um, if, if the, narrate, if the, uh, the author has done their job, it's, it's not ambiguous. Um, but what I'm looking for um, are where they're placing their punctuation. Um, if they are using italics, that does actually tell me which word they want emphasized. But punctuation exists to tell us uh, where to pause. Uh, that's a, a way of encoding something that we do naturally. So if authors, they're well edited. If they're well edited, um, yes. Uh, and, and also, really seriously, the difference between narrating a book that is well written and narrating one that is not um, you literally stumble over words when it is not well written. So when you're trying to make a decision about like what emphasis do I look for, you're not taking the sentence in isolation. You're looking at it in the context of the whole piece. In much the same way you make those decisions when you're reading a book to yourself, that, that the author has provided contextual clues, uh, that there's a consistency to the character, and, and you get a sense for them. At the same time, it's very easy for narrators to get things completely wrong because the author has something in their head that's not on the page. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique, which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's stop for our book of the week, which is Dragon Planet. Ooh, I hear that's a really good one. It is really good. So this guy, Dan Wells, wrote this thing for uh, Audible Originals. Um, It's actually book two. I loved uh, Zero G very much, but Dragon Planet... Uh, is the sequel. And and I actually am pitching this because I love it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so basically it's kids on a planet and the atmosphere of the planet is such, uh, and, and Dan has actually done the science on it, so that um, you, fl- you, can, you can fly, you can float. Everything is, um, the, the atmosphere is very dense and the gravity is low. It's uh, one sixth of Earth's. So it's, it's so cool. It's a great uh, exploration of, of a planet. It's a wonderful little you know, coming of age, but mostly it's an adventure romp um, with, with dragons and flying and pirates. I, I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, it's a lot of fun. And because it's created specifically for audio, it also has um, both a narrator as well as a full cast. Uh, and then sound effects. So you're getting this really richly, vi- um, you know, I was going to say visualized world, but realized <laughs> world. Uh, so that's it's like uh, a radio play. It's like a radio yeah. play with, yeah, it's so that's, it's a uh, dragon planet by Dan Wells. And that's notable original. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Um, so let me ask you this. Let's say we have audience members out there who are wanting to do their own audiobooks or want to get into audiobooks. What tips can you give them? What techniques can you teach them? And what resources can you give them if they want to get better at this? There's a lot of stuff online. Um, so one of the things we have done Come for- my website. Hmm? Accent.com or whatever. Accent.com. Uh, oh, accenthelp.com. Yes. Uh, accenthelp.com is fantastic for learning how to do different accents. Um, uh, but the other thing is is to become familiar with the mic. Now, when we record these episodes, um, some of you may have seen pictures of us that we're wearing headbands with a lavalier on our forehead. Uh, for this episode, we have brought in a handheld mic uh, so that Bruce and I can demonstrate some mic technique for you. So, um, so what's about to happen right now for you is that my sound is going to change because now I'm on a handheld microphone. This is a different sound. Uh, and one of the things you can do with this is that you can change your relationship to the microphone. So I've turned my head away and now I've come back. That's useful for, for being loud. You also learn to avoid, uh, things like popping your peas, which is super annoying. Uh, but you learn to be able to say things like popping your peas without blowing air on the mic. Bruce, do you want to show them some stuff with the mic? I don't know. (laughs) It's okay. Otherwise, it's just me talking all the time. So mics have a diaphragm in them, and so you want to. Uh, most people talk off off mic like this, so that they can't pop their peas, or pop their peas. You can hear people do it all the time. And so what he's doing is he's taking the microphone and setting it up beside his head rather than in front of his head. Right, and and it's pointed at my voice where it's going to come out. Um, you talked about sometimes we yell, and you want to get the mic back here because you're yelling and. 
So you move the mic away from yourself to get louder. Usually my mic's set, so. Yeah. So you'll lean back. So sometimes yeah. you go, you know, I got a secret that I need to tell you. Yeah. And I'll, I'll get up on it. You're not, I don't know if you're supposed to or not, but. I, that, I do the same thing. But, but this is really, really important. So you get pulling close to the mic mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. So when you're narrating, the microphone is on a stand. Um, and so it's at a fixed position. And normally you want to stay completely still and not change your relationship to the mic so that you have a consistent sound. But there are times when you want to jump on and off. What were you going to say, Joe? It's about this far. It's your about, thumb and your finger apart, and that's about how far you should be from your mic. It, depending on the microphone, because um, I've had some where they want me a lot closer. Um, and it, like I have a, an engineer who likes to record with a shotgun mic, um, and so you're farther from the mic at that point. But the, the key thing is knowing that uh, your relationship to the mic changes. The closer you are to the mic, the more intimate a sound you're going to have. The farther from the the Mm -hmm. mic, the less intimate of a sound. And the reason you back off of a mic when you're getting loud is so that you avoid like blowing out the diaphragm. So it it doesn't get that uh, over-modulated quality. There is a principle of psychoacoustics here that uh, I learned in audio engineering three decades ago, which I've always been fascinated by, which is that a quiet sound we will lean into Mm -hmm. and our brains make it as loud as possible because it's important. And a loud sound we will lean back from and our ears dial it back. And so if you want something to sound loud, step back from the microphone and turn the volume down, but then have that level as hot as you can get it. And our brains will tell us it is way louder than the whisper even though the way it was recorded, those levels are Probably exactly the same. the same. Yeah. Do you have to treat your own audio or do you have people for that? That's a great question. So, and, and for people who are interested in getting into this, when you first start out, you, you probably do, you have to record your own stuff. And, and treat it and, and edit and it, it and, 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 yeah. and fix it with effects and make sure it's level and yeah. all this stuff. So the, the treating is making sure that uh, your highs and lows are not too spread out, um, because, getting be, rid of room noise. Yeah, because there's a, there's a thing called normalization. And so when you listen to the radio, if you have a song that's really loud or a song, something that's really soft, you have to adjust your volume. And so for audiobooks, they want that to be at a certain steady level. So it's easy listening so they don't have to hike their volume up yeah. and down, basically. Yeah. And then the other thing about audiobooks, which is different... And then music is that you actually have to have a room that is completely quiet. The noise floor or threshold is what the it's noise floor or threshold. Mm-hmm. Floor. floor both, yeah. Both right. terms get used, okay. but yeah. Um, but that's uh that's just grave silent. Um it's minus sixty dB in a professional studio is what it should be. Look at these numbers. Thank you, Bruce. <laughs> um and most of the time there's just sound going on all the time. There's uh, a street, yeah, heat noise, uh, refrigerator, street noise, um, the sound of your own body. Um, yeah, <laughs> cloth. If, if, you, if you gesticulate, you're going to make noise yeah. in the audio. Never wear corduroy into the booth. <laughs> <laughs> um, not making that up. Uh, so, so if you want to get into this as a, as a, someone stepping in, one of the easiest ways, and this is how I started, was to go to a short story market, like a, uh, an escape pod um, or a, a pseudopod, and uh, do things for them. that you, 
it may not be, you know, you won't get be getting union rates, but it's a, it's a chance to try stuff out. Uh, recording things for your friends is also a good way to do this. What you'll do is as you are speaking, um, you will make a mistake. And then if you're recording for yourself, you have a couple of choices. Uh, one is that you can mark it and come back and do it later. Um, or you can uh, pause and immediately back up to a gap and continue forward. Or if you get really fancy, you can do something that's called a punch record. Um, that's with, knowing your software and yeah, really knowing, knowing the tricks your software. that your software offer. Um, and that's where you back up the recording in addition to your own place on the page, start the recording rolling. And then when you get to a natural pause in it, punch out and you begin speaking as if you had never stopped in the first place, which is what you actually want to be getting to. I mean, that's, that's the way I do it when I'm in studio is that I, I do punch records. It's, it's the fastest way to get a fairly clean product. And then you have to do all of the engineering afterwards when you are doing a self-record or starting out. Um, if you want to do stuff and have other people do all of that, then you, there are other options. And you, you've been, uh, where are you mostly doing stuff, uh, Bruce? Sorry. Oh, I do business voiceovers, uh, business trainings. I've done a dozen audiobooks. I've done two or three dozen kid audiobooks and... And, uh, and, and you record mostly in your home studio, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. it's a sound booth I made that's uh, got a minus 60 decibel yeah. noise floor. And uh, it, there's a difference between soundproofing and, and noise and noise uh, treatment as yeah. well, acoustic treatment. But uh, You're probably appreciating then the uh, treatment that we've done here in Cosmere Studio. We've taken what is essentially a, a bedroom and a house and mounted some non-parallel panels on the walls so that we don't get parallel wall sound reinforcement at certain Correct. frequencies. Mm-hmm. And that really, I don't know if this is, if you, you can still hear the echo. Mm-hmm. And so there's still quite a bit of reverb that, yeah. that you're dealing with it's in here. It's not a perfect room by any stretch. We need stuff on the ceiling probably if we wanted to. That could help. This yeah. other wall that's open could help. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we are out of time on this. This was a very different and interesting episode. Um, <laughs> Mary Robinette, you have our homework. Yes. So the homework for you is uh, to experiment with what it's like to be an audiobook narrator. Everybody who thinks that they want to be an audiobook narrator thinks about reading books to family or just how much they would love to read books aloud. You're thinking about books, in this case, that you like. As a narrator, you don't actually get much choice about what you read. So what I want you to do is to pick a book in a genre you don't like and don't put a a good example of that genre. And I want you to read aloud for an hour. Every time you make a mistake, you have to start that sentence again. If you like it at the end of that hour, maybe, maybe narration is something you might want to try. If you're like, oh, no, then, then you've answered your own question. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.